This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. People have been bringing their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hey guys, and welcome to Mess in Progress. Thank you. It's on the jazz station now. <laughs> With uh, me and Gina Brown and your and, your and my lovely co-host, uh, <laughs> Catherine G. Mendoza. Thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> in a very jazz singing mood This today. is now like, you know those like evening talk shows? Yeah, like yeah. radio shows? Yeah. That's Tonight we're going to discuss. Like they always have a really yes. soft voice that wants to like you there's almost fall one, asleep. There's one in New York City and her name is Delilah. Hi, this is Delilah. And literally and the the um <laughs> the like the theme song oh. is Delilah. Like seriously. <laughs> Delilah. I love it. I love it. She's like thank you for joining me tonight. <laughs> How can I help you with your problems? And then they'll be like, I've been with my husband for like 50 years and I just want to you know, smother him with a pillow. Tell everyone <laughs> how much I still love him and he's the love of my life. And can you please play She's Like the Wind because that's our song. <laughs> and then she's like, I will play that for you. All right. That's a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing. Uh, next up, we'll have uh, <laughs> we'll have Matt Weiss. <laughs> but sometimes like she'll, uh, somebody will call with like a problem because I listen to this in the shower at night. And she'll call with a problem, and they, literally she has the nicest way of saying, that sounds like a personal problem to <laughs> every single person. Or sometimes she's been like, I don't think you need to be in that situation. And I'm like, damn, like she really is out here giving advice yeah. and then playing like really sappy like music. Yeah. She's like, that sounds like a really big issue, and I hope you get yourself out of that. Here is another day in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow, that sounds like a really bad breakup. I uh, hope you heal and find love again. Here's End of the Road by Boys to Men. That's exactly like, just turn the what knife she even sounds deeper. like. Yeah, just turn the knife even deeper. Exactly what she sounds like. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry about the loss of your loved one. Here's One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey. <laughs> Delilah don't care about your feelings. No. <laughs> Delilah has no care for your feelings. Uh, speaking of feelings... uh. Catherine, mm-hmm. Catherine witnessed <laughs> a traumatic incident that I went through the other day. You know how sometimes you get a little too cocky mm-hmm. and you walk through the turnstile mm-hmm. like everything's going to be all right yep. and you get played. <laughs> I swiped my card. I thought I was good. Yep. Me and Catherine was getting on the subway. Cat went through. No problem. I swiped my card. I go cooch first. <laughs> <laughs> I go cook it first, right into the turnstile, confidently thrusting. (laughs) I was pelvic thrusting. And and you hear the... Yeah, all Catherine heard was... And I saw (laughs) your body jolt. The thing is, I didn't realize up until that point that women, because I don't think men do this, women 
we moved the turnstile in in the subway. Like, you, if you guys don't know what it looks like, it's like one of those like revolving yeah. turnstiles. So we do it with our pelvis. Yeah, we go pelvis first. We're like, hiya, Hadouken. <laughs> exactly. We don't Hadouken. do. I mean, who does it with their hand? Like nobody's just like moving it with their hand. No. Some ladies, <laughs> young ladies, not dirty booty. Yo, and that's why it hurts so much. Girl, I was in so much pain. That was that was the funniest and thing. And what I does Catherine seen. do? She stands there <laughs> laughing. <laughs> laughing hysterically. Yes, you would have too. Me and my cooter all in pain. Yo, it was but that's like here's I don't even mind the pain for myself as a New Yorker. I feel like there's certain things that I just shouldn't fail at. Yeah. And that the the swiping of the MetroCard is one of them. Yes. I feel like that's just Agreed. something. That's you know, like a new person. And thing. then I get mad at the machine because mm-hmm. it wasn't me. Like, I know how to swipe. It was you. It was you, machine. Like, Stupid ass turnstile. Yo. I know how to swipe. <laughs> I just wasn't paying attention when you denied me. <laughs> like uh, racist ass turnstile. Yo, it's so funny. But there's so many little things I think that like we just expect mm-hmm. to you know move forward with and have happen. we don't think and then we bruise our cooters <laughs> <We> bru- <laughs> yeah. in all of them in every scenario, <laughs> in every scenario i, I bruise my cooter, cooter. <laughs> yes. not just in this subway scenario oh my god it was embarrassing it was it's an embarrassing thing as a new yorker mm-hmm. to do something like that you know what i was thinking too like i saw this kid jump over the turnstile mm-hmm. today on the on the train oh he crazy he's crazy Cause they they armed now but he's also agile because I was like, I could never. <laughs> I could never. No. I was like, if I tried to hoist myself up and jump over that, I feel like I'd be like, <laughs> and like fall over right on my face. Here's the thing. Like trying to jump the turnstile is literally like upper body strength. Yep. Because you have to, you have to get over. And my head, I would hobble and core strength because yes. you got to lift yourself up and then you got to yes. dart your legs out yes. over the turnstile. Yes, I've studied this. Even <laughs> when I was younger, even when I like had all, I would of go that. under if because yes. I was short. I'd be yes. like, Yo, I'm not jumping over. I'm gonna go under. <laughs> I'd rather crawl on the dirty floor. Yes. Oh my god. Than embarrass yes. myself and show that I have a lack of upper body strength <laughs> and no core strength whatsoever. Because with my luck, I will get up. <laughs> Like, I'll hold it up. Yeah. But I'm not getting over. And then the cop's like, what, what do you do? I'm what just are you doing? swinging there. <laughs> oh, I was just going to do some uh, tricep dips. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was getting ready to do my workout here, officer. I wasn't going to jump the turnstile. I am style. definitely that person to this day. I am the person who, if we're going down an escalator, I will hold yep, myself yep, up. Yeah, me too. And then dangle. Same. So I can do that part. And that I'm part literally like, I'm so strong. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and for some reason, now I have to. Do, I'm determined to do it to the end of the. Oh action. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you're like, this is my version of American Ninja Warrior, and I'm winning. I'm just like standing right there. There was a dude on American Ninja Warrior that streaked. What? A fan ran through. I swear, you can. I think you can still find the video. Um, I don't know what happened or whatever or how they didn't catch this dude dude was butt naked and was doing the obstacle course and then he (laughs) fell and that's when the cops got him but there was part of me that was like you know what if you wanted that bad like i would have been like let him finish man he also was like you know what these clothes are weighing me down yeah these clothes are only gonna be a problem i'm more aerodynamic (laughs) when i'm naked (laughs) my wiener makes me faster (laughs) 
<laughs> I gotta have my wiener out. It's the guide. <laughs> yeah, it's the guide. It's my beacon. <laughs> that's what keeps me. That's what makes me a ninja warrior in the first place. You remember gladiators? Gladiators. Do you remember that? I feel like I do, but then again, my brain was like, like you mean was like it called scandal? American Gladiators? I think it was, yeah, American Gladiators. American Gladiators, Yeah, when yeah. I would watch that, and they would, like, knock each other off the thing with the foam. Yes! I would call it, and that, it'd be brolic girls Yo. and brolic dudes. I'd be like, whoa, everybody's so strong. And there's so, like, I can never be on one of those because I have a temper. No, I would quit. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, um, I don't have to do any of this. <laughs> and oh, I would yeah. just walk away like, mm. like I did a, I did a Tough Mudder race like years ago with um with the MMA gym that I was at in Yonkers. Mm-hmm. This was like maybe, maybe at this point almost seven, eight years ago. And um, I was like, I'm going to fail at this because there were so many obstacles. I mean, there was really like, it was 13 miles, 26 obstacles. Um, there was like three or four that I just couldn't do um, because it was either upper body strength, which I didn't have a lot of at that time. And also because it was heights and I'm petrified of heights. Mm -hmm. So when I was doing this, uh, I did the tough mudder, but a lot of my friends also after that year, because they were so into mud races after that, because the tough mudder is a mud race. A lot of people have done it super. It's really hard and it's really exhausting. Like after I finished it and training, we trained for a couple, I think it was like uh, six months before, or it might've been less than that, but we trained for it uh, so that we could run and do the obstacle courses and everything. But like, when we did Tough Mudder, I was like, okay, I'm cool with this because if you didn't want to do an obstacle, it, they were fine with it. They were like, okay, you don't have to do it. But mm-hmm. when you did the Spartan races, which is what a lot of my girlfriends did after that, um, if you don't do an obstacle, you got to do 50 burpees. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not doing Spartan because I'm going to go, I don't have to do 50 burpees. You're not my dad. Like, you're not my trainer. I will be walking to the next obstacle mm-hmm. <laughs> unless y'all want to kick me out. In that case, I will be going to have a burger. <laughs> like, <laughs> Either way, win-win. But they were like, yeah, you're required to do like 50 burpees if you don't do an obstacle. I'm like, mm, no. can the obstacle be crotch first into the <laughs> turnstile? Because I'm nailing that one. <laughs> See, I don't do, no. I, I mean, I get it. I, I, I like, I don't even like the idea of like these obstacle courses and all of that. But I think it's because when I was younger, um, my mother put me into cadets. You oh, know that's what cadets cool is? though. No, it wasn't. Because if you want to be in cadets, it's cool. When you're sent because you have behavioral issues. <laughs> they were like, she needs to be disciplined. And I was like, oh, okay, so put me into the fake version of the army. Yeah, that the little kid sense. version of the army. Yeah. And so whatever. I mean, it was kind of. It would have been cool, though, because I would have been like. No, it I would have felt cool. all Tom Cruise like. Bang, 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 That's exactly bang, what bang, it was like. Bang, like bang. But here's the thing. So my cadets had um, the, quote, unquote, the Navy. Because it was like the... the Dique. Right. And then they had the army. Dique. Right. And the Navy had all the cute uniforms. Oh, so you was hating on the Navy? I couldn't. She didn't put me on the Navy. She put me on the army. So I had to have the army fatigue and then my combat boots and my, my pistol belt. Like I had See, the I'm, whole... I think that's kind of cool. So I'd have been no, like, hey. uh-uh. Not for a little tomboy girl who already looks a little bit brolic. Like, no, I was like, okay, so let's... Really make everybody I think guess, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. Like I was going through that like I like boys now phase. Yeah. And it was like, this is not cute. This is not making me look attractive to boys. Right. So at that time, part of our curriculum was obstacle courses. They would take us out. I, I don't know. It was like some woods in Queens. 
I don't know where they Girl, took us to. And <laughs> this they sounds went, like a recipe for a disaster. And, they, and it was like set up and we would do like, um, you know, like crawling under a, a log and it was like in the mud and it was like an obstacle course, yeah. but it was part of it. Yeah. And so since I was in the program, I had to do it. You know what I mean? Or if not, you would get like disciplined with like something, points or what? I don't know. I've, I've blocked a lot of it out. Yeah. But I think because of this experience, I don't see the fun in things like that. Oh, no, I loved it. I loved it. I would do it again, but it's just too much on my body. Like, I mean, afterwards, we were spent. Like, you really, I mean, that becomes, when that becomes a hobby, it, it can become your whole life. Because, I mean, those obstacles were not easy. Like, the first one was uh, ice water. So, you jump no. into a tub of ice water, and then you have to swim out. You swim out of the ice water and you got to constantly dunk your head under stuff. So you get out of the ice water. Then you're running in mud and you're in the mud hills and the mud hills are super hard to get up and down. So we were like creating chains to pull people back up. Then after the mud hills is the first set of electrical wires you have to run through and it's on the, f the ground. So you have to crawl on your belly through these wires that are shocking, that are literally shocking you. And why would you put yourself through that? I'm not going to lie, the the challenge of it, it was the challenge of it because no. I looked at it and I was like, I've never done anything like that in my life. No. And I know it sounds like crazy, but I was super proud of myself at the end of it. I was like, maybe I didn't do all the obstacles and some people did every single obstacle and, you know, we're fine. Like at the end of it, didn't even seem like they were bothered by it. But I mean, I really busted my hump and I was really proud of myself when I got through it. Plus it's like team building like it was me and the people that I trained with at the school so we were there for each other we helped each other like I freaked out at one of the obstacles because it was like um super high and I just like I I climbed up took three steps climbed back down because I couldn't do it and I just broke down crying mm -hmm. and one of the dudes I trained with he just came over and and he was like he was hugging me and he was like it's okay it's okay I understand like and there was another dude that couldn't get in the water because he couldn't swim he's petrified of water and it was a big brolic dude. And he was afraid of the water. So they had to take him in a boat across to the next set of obstacles because he wouldn't get in the water. So there was a lot of stuff like that. But you really bonded with people, even over their fears. Because one of the first walls I had to climb over before you get to the ice thing, I was freaking out at the top. And I froze right at the top of this wall. And I'm climbing up this rope. And this guy was uh, next to me. And he said, all I could do is hear his voice because I wouldn't open my eyes. I was so scared. And he was like, it's okay. You're fine. He's like, throw your right leg over. He's like, just keep holding onto the rope. He's like, I'm right here. I'm going to talk you down. And he talked me down the whole way to the other side. So it was like stuff like that, that bonding experience with people, getting through tough situations. <laughs> Catherine is disgusted by this whole scenario that I'm describing. Not how I bond. Company dinners, stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, I want to go for drinks. I I'm will not bond. like, you guys want to climb up a tree? No, and, uh, this sounds like I didn't have enough trauma in my childhood. Let me get some no, in my I adulthood. <laughs> Let me just tase myself <laughs> while I'm crawling no! through mud. It was fun, though. It was fun, though. That is masochista. Yeah, probably. Yes. I'm probably into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. I would say pause, but no, it was actually really fun. I would like to do another one, but I don't know, son. I don't know. My my knees can't take that <laughs> Okay, so we I got into a conversation yesterday, right, mm -hmm. about horror movies. It was actually a really good conversation. I was talking to uh 
this comic, uh, Aaliyah Janine, who is also a former porn star, which I didn't know. And then we, by the way, she was totally open to all my questions because as soon as I found out, she was like, uh, she said, yeah, I used to do porn. And I was like, oh, I'm filled with questions. <laughs> I was like, may I please ask you questions? And she endured my questions, but she's also a horror movie fan like I am. So we Same. started, yeah, we started to get into conversations about our favorite horror movies. Like her favorite was Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger is my favorite bad guy. Mm -hmm. um, absolute favorite bad guy. Because he's the funniest. He's got jokes. He does. He, don't, he don't always care. had jokes. He really does not care. He always had jokes. What made Freddie and Jason so entertaining was, was Freddie Krueger's lines. Like yeah. they were so funny. He was teasing Jason the whole time. Yeah. Like I love that Freddie has jokes. I always thought Chucky was kind of corny. I'm not gonna lie. I did get into the franchise. Like the first movie was scary. Child's Play. Yeah. Yeah. First movie was scary, and then they just started getting kind of like campy. Yeah. And they kind of needed to. I honestly think. I think the humor helped yeah. a lot. Like the one with him and uh, Jennifer Tilly's playing his wife, like yeah, Chucky's the bride a of Chucky. Yeah, Chucky is like a little brat. Yeah, and you just oh, you want to kick him into a fire. You're yeah. just like ugh, you're annoying and murderous. Yeah, like, I hate those two things about you. But you know what I respect about Chucky? What? No matter how much he burned and melted, that he always came back. He was like you, you ain't getting rid of me. It was like King Kong ain't got nothing on me. And there's a movie where he literally is missing half of his face. And yes, he's still like yes. what? He's still here. like oh, y'all thought I was dead. <laughs> I'm a doll. I don't <laughs> die, son. This is just melted plastic. <laughs> you can't kill my spirit. Yo, no, I'll jump you. into a hello kitty. You don't know me, son. <laughs> I do me, appreciate me that. And my about sister Chucky. used to do that chant on each oh, other. Oh, no, you are awful. <laughs> oh, my God. You are terrible children. This is yeah. why you were in cadets, Catherine. Because yes. you used to try to do rituals <laughs> on your sister. She would wake up and I'd be like, nah, I'm ringing kill. Ah, you are the worst. <laughs> Right on her forehead, and she'd be like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "You know Get what I'm doing." <laughs> Yo, I would have dead punched you right in your throat, son. I would have punched you in your throat if you tried to chucky me. Uh, what was your favorite? What's your favorite horror movie? Like of all we times? We talked about. I this. know, but I want to hear it again because I forgot. <laughs> Halloween. Oh, that's right. That's right. Halloween. Apart, but you only count. Um, which was the only count? 1978. Yes. The original. <laughs> yes. John no, I'm talking about the other ones, the the sequels to them. There's like two or three sequels you don't count. I count. I don't count three and I don't count Resurrection. Yes. Was, the res was Resurrection the one with Buster Rhymes? Yep. <laughs> don't count that. That didn't happen. That did not happen. I don't remember. Yo, I appreciated that one. I don't no. know why you didn't like that one. Because it was dumb. It well, was dumb. It was so it. Well, it was also just, it didn't make any sense because if you watched the one with Paul Rudd, the house was technically like redone. Paul Rudd did a Halloween movie. Really? You've never seen the the Return of Michael Myers? I'm sure I have, but the I the Curse of Michael Myers. The Curse of Michael Myers. I'm sure I have, but I probably forgot that he was in. That yeah, movie. he played Tommy. He played grown Tommy, and Tommy was a little boy who Jamie Lee Curtis was taking right. care of. Right. Yes. Oh my goodness! Shout out to that fine Paul Rudd. As a young Paul Rudd. As a young Paul yes. Rudd. Yes, but if it was, if we were in a horror movie, who would you be? I always want to say I'd be the hero because I'm stupid. 
I'm stupid. And I would be like, I'm going to save all of you. Like, I'd be the one that's like, take me. Don't touch any of them. And then they probably just mark me and then kill everybody else, yeah, too. Right? Like, like, okay, I was planning on all doing right. that. What do you got, superpowers? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that hoe's dead. Who's next? <laughs> I want to be the hero. I want to believe I'd be the hero. But I make bad choices, so I'll probably be the victim. I'll mm. probably die, like, not first, but I'll probably die, like, fifth. Oh yeah, like I want to die first, but I would I would find a way to hide. <laughs> Same, but I would definitely die like fifth. See, I think it depends. It depends on the film. So, cause like the difference between a slasher. So if we're we're talking one killer. Yeah, yeah. That's one. There's there's a type I would be in like a in in the Michael's the the screams those. I'm probably the girl die in the beginning. Mm. I'm the example. I'm the one that intros the movie. You know what I mean? She don't even know what's going on. This is the first death. Yeah. She's the first. She like she's turns the one around who, and right. she's like, you guys want. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> she she's the dies. one that after the, the title comes up. Yeah. And you, you, you know, you, you intro You're into the, the Drew school. Barrymore. I'm Drew Barrymore. You're Drew Barrymore. Right? That's You're exactly the one making Jiffy Pop like, yeah. hello. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's exactly who yeah. I am. That's um, hilarious. But if it was a zombie film. Oh. Right. Because they're, they're different. It's, yeah. Who are you? Are you are you a villain? Are you a hero? Are you gonna kill people? You know people? what? I've thought about that scenario before. I'm like, okay, in the zombie apocalypse, which might happen. Yeah. In the zombie apocalypse, who would you be? Oh, I know exactly who I would be. Who would you be? Um, you ever seen Twenty Eight Days Later? Yes. Um, the girl, the the character, I forgot her name right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Selena. Her name mm-hmm. was Selena. Um, I would be her. She's just like a survivor. Yep. And if you got bit, I'm going to kill you in two seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. And if I get bit, you, you better, better kill, kill me in two yeah. seconds. You better because, shoot me. But now, mind you, under the circumstances in that film, how quickly it happened. Yes. Right? It's not like. Like with the girl's dad. Yeah. Well, I... sorry. Spoilers. Sorry. Spoilers if yeah. you haven't seen it. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, first off, it's 2020. Get it's about your to be 2020. life together. <laughs> how have you not seen 28 days later, 28 weeks later? You can't even like, call yourself a horror movie yeah. fan if you have not watched that movie by now. <laughs> exactly. But that scene broke my heart, girl. No, what broke my heart was that, first off, the blood in his eye. Yes. And how crazy that was. Yeah. Secondly, that the army was there. Yeah. So he didn't have to die. I know. That was the crazier part. But yes, I would be her because she's just trying to make it through. If I'm, but now mind you, that's if I make it to the 28 days. Yeah. If, if we're talking day one, I'll probably be like trampled in a stampede. I'm going to be Mufasa in Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> like if I make it past day one, I would probably be that person that's like, I'm just going to murk all these zombies. Yeah. I don't trust you. I don't know yep. you. Unless you survive in this zombie apocalypse with me, Yep. I do not know you, sir. No. Yeah. And I am not trying to die by your hands or die by some crazy scavengers because there's always no. like zombies and then there's like nut bags mm-hmm. that you're dealing with as well in mm-hmm. zombie apocalypse <laughs> movies. I feel like I would, if I make it past the first day and I, and I, find a way to defend myself and I can figure out a shelter to get to or something mm-hmm. um, and how to not get infected. I think the biggest thing would be like, how does the infection spread? Yeah, how can I two. not get infected? Right. You know what I mean? Like I love the resident evil movies. I don't. <sighs> Catherine. I don't know why. Just, I just, just leave the podcast right now. <laughs> bye. 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 <laughs> like I threw you out of here. Like you just flew out. Bye. <laughs> Catherine legit flew out of the podcast <laughs> this morning. Um, no, I love, I love, love, love those movies. I love Mila Jovovich. 
Where? I can't ever say your name. I, mm, I just never got into them. Because I don't, con- to me, I don't consider them zombie films. Yeah, I mean, I guess. It's the same way. 28 Days isn't really a zombie film. It's an Not infection. in your traditional, yeah, not in the traditional sense. Right. Yeah. A, z- a zombie film means the the person has to be dead. Yeah. Not infected. Like you're talking about Night of the Living Dead type zombies. Right. Like, so that's why I said it's circumstantial. You, right. Well, that, that's a whole <laughs> different other thing. But I mean, like, yeah, if it was like a, tra- like, um, um, oh, the the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. The one with Mackay Pfeiffer. Although I'm more partial to Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the I Dead. I love that movie That's so a great much. Film. Shout it, out to Simon Pegg, whom I love. Aw. I, I feel like that those films are more zombie. And who I would be in. For me, I think it's all it all depends on if my loved ones are dead. Because once mm. my loved ones are dead, really I'll, I'm living to survive. Life. Exactly. Yeah, I don't care about nobody's life. My loved ones are dead. Sorry. Yeah. But if there's somebody that I'm trying to take care of, yeah, that actually could be what kills me, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm trying to protect them at all costs. Especially if the person you're trying to protect is a dumbass. Yeah, or a child. Yeah, yeah, aka uh, a dumbass. Oh. Because <laughs> they're gonna do kids, kid stuff. They're gonna want to wander. They're gonna be curious. They're mm-hmm. gonna hear a noise. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to defend a kid, man, that is gonna be the hardest. Yeah. Like a grown up's a lot easier, but also grown ups make stupid selfish decisions. Yeah. Well then that's yeah, the that's the risk that's you want. Yeah, run that's with. why you died. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But like let's think of another horror film that's like oh, like a like a uh a, a saw. Saw's crazy. Saw scared the crap out of me. Same. Yeah. But what would you do in those situations? You know how some of them in some of the films they had to like harm other people to yeah. save themselves? Who would you be? What would you do? My dumbass would probably die. To be honest with you, I don't know if I could harm another human being without it being a life or death situation in the sense of like, I, obviously that's a life or death situation, but it's mm-hmm. like, if I don't kill this person, if I kill this person and I survive and this person doesn't, mm-hmm. I have to live with that for the rest of my days. Would you amputate your foot? No, nah, I would die in there. I would die of starvation. I'm not cutting off my foot. That's just crazy. Yeah, I don't think I have the willpower yeah. for that. Like I'm figuring out every other plan but cutting off my foot. Like I never would have thought, hey, let me cut off a limb. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. I would have died in there. What about a paranormal horror film? <sighs> I'm not gonna lie, those scare me a lot. Hmm. Paranormal ones scare me a lot. Like anything about possession, anything about um, ghost. I love them and I watch them, except for possession films. I, those freak me out a little too much to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't always watch a possession film, but. I will watch a supernatural horror film mm. and get like really into it. Like I saw the, what was it? I saw all the paranormal activities. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I liked the first one. The second one was I. Third one, trash. Um, the Latino one, the amazing. The Latino one was great. Yeah, I yeah. really liked that one a lot. Um, well, because they made sense of it through um, Latino like Yes, to cultures. the culture. Yeah. They actually paid attention Bru- to the culture. Brujeria and stuff like exactly. knowing those things. And then going, oh, okay, well, at least you explained it here. Yeah, yeah. at least it's somewhat explained in this yeah. story. And it was nice and creepy, and it was great. Um, so paranormal stuff I do get into. The stuff that scares me the most is stuff like Saw, stuff that could actually happen. Like right. there could be a real psycho. There could be – there were actually – I was watching um, – a YouTube video because I go down the YouTube horror rabbit hole every now and then <laughs> and uh, apparently there was a dude that after the Saw movies came out did something very similar like kidnapped somebody and tortured them it's crazy yeah and it's 
that's the kind of stuff that scares me because people can be like that. Like the movie, the strangers mm. where it's like all, all you did was answer the door. Right. You right. know? And when she's like, you know, why are you doing this? Like, cause you were home. Like, Ugh. I have a question. Oh my God. What is it? The purge. Oh girl. Who would you be? What would you do? I would try my best to find a safe space for my loved ones, but I would arm myself properly. Would you purge? Not, I don't think so. Unless I was stealing stuff. <laughs> like if see, I could steal some nice clothes, see, I would steal some I nice clothes. I wouldn't purge only because of the risk that it is to step out of your home. That's true. See, right? That's the only thing. Because like that's the thing. Every time I watch those films, I'm always like, yo, the people, what's scary about the people who purge isn't the fact that they want to kill people. It's the fact that they're willing to risk their life. Yeah, they're willing to, to step people. outside because yes. they could also be killed by somebody. Yes. And they just don't care. Exactly. that. But it's also that, you know, I think what's more rewarding about those films is when the protagonist gets back at these people that are coming out and being fearless. And then you see the fear in them yeah. because the assumption to these people that were so entitled is that it's they're not going to happen to me. You're not going to do this to me. Like, I'm going to kill you. Right. And when it's flipped, that's when I go, yeah. yeah. When it's flipped on them, I go, yeah, that's why you died. But I don't I don't know if you're right. I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't want to risk my life. Right. You know, or the lives of anybody I cared about. But here's the thing with the purge. If anybody can commit any crime, mm -hmm. that means no matter how safe you think you are. There could be a person that hates you yep, specifically and for you. that is going to come for you and they are going to prepare. Yep. That's why it's so scary when movies like that come out, especially since like yeah, people it makes you really think, believe wait, 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 that who could would happen. Kill me? Yeah. I'm like, mm, who got pissed off this year? Yeah. I'd be like, yo, who would probably try to murk me? Who have I done messed up stuff to? Whether now or in the past, that See, they're not over it. I don't even think about it as in, like, who have I done messed up stuff to? Sometimes it's just like, yo, who doesn't mess with me? Like, who could... But, like, I don't think it's just who doesn't mess with me. Because, like, if you don't mess with me, that doesn't mean you want to mark me. But yeah. if I did something messed up to you... True. And I'm on your shit list, then it's like, oh, yeah, this person will probably come for me. Yeah. You know what I but mean? But I, I feel like there's certain people who just really... Like, if it's, like, a coworker. Yeah. Who just knows. And that's actually in one of the films. Like you, you as a person stand yeah. in their way. And, and so that they're going to, that's yeah. their opportunity to get you out of their way. Yeah. Like I, I would think like that more where I would be like, oh my God, like I really got to think. And I would think about that all year, like about the way I interact with people because that could be why they try to come kill me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then again, I would tell nobody where I lived. Like ever, if I lived in that society. Yeah, if that were to happen. But I mean, if that were to happen in even like present day society, there's already people that know where you live. I move. You know I, mean? I will move the minute you hear that. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I don't live here no more. Yeah. Sorry, I don't live here no more. Plus, I'm not going to lie. The one thing I would make it a habit to is to go to a different country. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm out for the. I'll take my family, yep. the people I care for. We're going to Cuba for two right. weeks. I'll see you later. On a, a no one night, just it's one night. One oh, night. Damn, you don't want a vacation. I would leave for yeah, like, I'd for leave for four days because then there's the cleanup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you. Which gotta, they never show. No, but you got to think about that. Like, there's like blood all over the streets in those films. Yeah. There's like, dead bodies. There's like IDing dead bodies. That's like, nuts. 
clearly the purge was not very organized is what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> what i'm saying is if like we have a purge could we please have some organization to it because yeah. i mean you want to know which one scared me the most um the first purge yeah the, i mean the first one was no 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 so literally the first purge the movie the first yeah, purge. yeah. not the purge one yeah the first purge yes the one with the that's creepy Staten yes Island. it's creepy that one scared but that one felt the realest yes out of all of them because agreed the first one the original one with um ethan hawk yes that one didn't f because i don't come from suburbia yeah i don't understand that life so to me but like in the hood yes it was new york yes, city yes. it was the projects it was to me i thought about like Wow. When they're sending soldiers into the projects to yep. basically rid the world of poor people. Dude, for me, and I, I did get a little emotional when they were, um, they were, you see them going up the stairs mm -hmm. and then they're showing the floor numbers. Yeah. That is what got me. Because when you live, when you grow up in a building, yeah. right, with like a whole bunch of floors or whether it's NYCHA or not, whether it's the projects or not. Yeah. I thought, I was thinking like, damn, like so-and-so from the third floor. They, yeah. they just cleared that floor out. Yeah. And me, I grew up um, in Brooklyn. I grew up on the third floor. In Manhattan, I grew up on the seventh floor. Yeah. So to me, when I saw the sixth floor, I was like, dude, that's terrifying. The countdown, that countdown to your floor. Yo, that is terrifying. Hell yeah. And here's the thing. Like when you think about like the projects, because that's where that film took place. There is no like, there, what, you got like three locks? They are they are coming in. Yeah. There's no getting out of this. Yeah. That is the scariest and saddest thing ever to me. Out but of what all I respected films. about it was that you come for the hood, the hood's gonna come back at you. And yeah. that's what I respected about the film where it was like, yeah, this dude went and fought back yeah. to protect his neighborhood. Right. And but so it felt it also felt real because of that aspect. The right, it was like yeah. there is a righteousness to it. Yeah. There is like a I, there's a redemption. Yeah. Like you came for my people, so now I'm gonna kill um, all your people. Yeah, one hundred percent. All your soldiers. All I kept thinking was, um, in that film, the elderly and the disabled. Yep. That's all I kept thinking about, and I know it sounds weird, but if you have no experience with knowing anybody in the NYCHA system, and NYCHA is New York City public housing, mm -hmm. so it's the projects. Um, that's a majority of the people in those yep. buildings. You know, it's it's elderly people and disabled people. So that movie hit me. Yeah. I think, yeah, mind you, it was New York City. I think yeah. there was levels to it for me. But that one terrified me. The other ones almost, like, amused me. I was because like, it eh. seemed ridiculous because yeah. it wasn't from where you're from. Right. And they also made it very political yeah. for some, some of the films. But that one just felt really personal. Plus, yeah. it felt so realistic the way that they um, talked about initiating this first purge mm -hmm. right or even the fact that they incubated it and um they kept talking in that film about like are you gonna get off the island yeah you know what i mean and some people didn't leave the island because yeah. they didn't want to get their stuff stolen or they didn't think it would be that serious and i thought how realistic okay. that is of course there'd be a lot of people like people don't leave for hurricanes right. people don't leave for natural disasters that's what it made me think even of. when they're warned yeah even when they're told that it's going to be a bad situation even when they're told how severe it's going to be they just go well i'm not leaving my home right and it's like well, you trying to die here then? Like, exactly like that i it's i think about i even think about like um Anybody who may have been like an immigrant, mm -hmm. like there's so many levels to what that film could continue to tackle. Yep. Um, and that to me is real fear. Like that's oh, where yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that would be. That terrifying. is seriously scary. Yeah. Like what if, 
Also, what if it did happen? Also, the fact that like um, I feel like that one came out when um, he who must not be named yes was elected. Yep. And so then there was this just you know everything was tying in at that moment, and I was like. Oh, I believe he even this, tweeted about it. This is about to happen. Yeah, I believe he even tweeted about it. Yeah, because he... having an actual purge. Yeah, oh my God, no. Mm-mm. That would... But then again, then again, how many people would come after him? Oh, nobody would get to him. I know. Nobody would get to him. They, they, and they would know they wouldn't get to him. That would be a death sentence for the other person right away. What if... Never one of his One of his CIA Somebody's guys. Somebody's going to listen to this. And I know. Don't it. get any ideas, guys. We're not trying to give any conspiracy theorists no, any ideas. Because if, if it ever happens, they're going to be like, because uh, they're going to go back to mess in progress. Mess in progress. They're going to find <laughs> they're us. They're going to find the random yes. episode of mess Wait, in progress what? that that's sparked we'll, it. That's what we'll have a whole bunch of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody be like, well, we got to listen to mess in progress now. <laughs> and I'll be like, <laughs> I guess it's like, you know, one of those situations. Any press is good press. Right? As Catherine gets handcuffed out. Yeah. So Catherine's been arrested. <laughs> so my new co-host, <laughs> Chair, <laughs> Catherine does not allow anybody to co-host <laughs> chair is my new co-host i'll be recording from my jail cell <laughs> I'm like, coming in live from <laughs> insert, <of> prison. <laughs> insert jail cell <laughs> insert jail that she's at uh from rikers my, my my brain goes into like things like alcatraz yeah exactly <laughs> i'll put you in alcatraz shawshank <laughs> think of real jails <laughs> yeah Catherine's in Shawshank yes I'm in Shawshank she's right next to Andy Dufresne it's a <laughs> it's a co-ed prison her and Andy are very close <laughs> oh oh are we getting into that already oh no no okay I was like wait we're not doing the dear Gina I'm sleepy today guys I apologize do I sound sleepy I probably do sound slightly sleepy. yeah I sound sleepy <laughs> pizza all right um <clears throat> oh yeah okay so you have this thought written down. I'm very curious about where this thought is coming from. Mm-hmm. The stigma behind saying I love you in a non-romantic way. What does that mean? What does it mean? So I had a friend who told me that, you know, she says I love you a lot. And she says it to friends. Yeah, so, I do that too. But like, I think it's accepted when you say it to a homegirl. Yeah. Right? So if you're just like, you know, okay, um, I'll see you later. I love you. Bye. Yeah. But when you have guy friends saying I love you. So she had somebody uh, kind of, approach her about it and they were like you say i love you too much and she was like wait what do you mean how do i say i love you too much and they were like well because you kind of say it to just anybody and she's like no you're just seeing me say it to people i actually care for yeah but i do think there's this like stigma between behind saying i love you and not wanting it to be misinterpreted especially in um you can't be like i love you as a friend Right. <laughs> like you don't want to ruin right. your I love you. Oh, you don't want to have to explain. I love like if, if it's a guy friend. I yeah. love you. Not in love with you, but I love you. you don't Not have to love, love, but like I love you. Yeah. And I think that we 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 say things like um, <laughs> I'm a child because I, I heard wee wee. I know. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> I picked out wee wee right away and I was like, hey, she said wee wee. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like in my head, when you stammered on wee wee, I was like, <laughs> She said, "Wee wee." I couldn't. I couldn't go over that. Um, <laughs> I feel like um, if you have relationships with guys, mm-hmm. it you feel like you have to explain yourself. Like you know, whether a guy says it to a homegirl or a girl says it to a guy, you feel like you have to constantly. You can't just say "I love you" the way that you say "bye," the way that you say. Um, you know, um, I mean, care. I can't with my best friend. Like I say, "I love you" to James all the time. But I'll a lot like, of people you. can't. 
And that's very interesting to me. I've noticed that like I every situation I've tried to like implement it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um just because it, it is a it's an okay feeling. Yeah. It's an okay thing to express and I do think that for maybe for me I grew up the word love was family and relationships. Mm-hmm. But that's not something I expressed with friends. Yeah. So, and I never really understood why. And I, and then hearing that other people have gone, like, go through that or have dealt with that, I'm like, it's very interesting how love is seen as something so heavy and so exclusive, as if you can't just have general love for someone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's where, for me, I'm trying to implement a little bit more of. I love yous into my actual platonic friendships. Yeah. Um, because people do need to hear that. They really do. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, you can know somebody cares for you. You can know somebody's down for you. But sometimes they need to hear, I love you. Yeah. Like, and and yeah, maybe sometimes it's I have a lot of love for you. Yeah. Or, however you phrase it. Um, just being more comfortable with saying that. I don't think a lot of people are. Uh, a lot of people are not. And I used to be really uncomfortable with girls who said it all the time mm-hmm. to like my ex. There was a girl and mm-hmm. she's a sweetheart of a girl. I, I regret being this way about it. Sweetheart of a girl. Very loving. Very sweet. Like earth mother hippie type. Mm-hmm. Um, But she was also inc- she's also incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge insecurity for me. I mean, like drop dead gorgeous, beautiful, mm-hmm. like the kind of beautiful where you're like, oh, damn. Mm. And she was very much the person that said, I love you. And she would say, I love you. Although I, d- I have my suspicions about that relationship, but um, she said, she said, I love you to uh, my ex once. And I lost it. Mm. Like lost my mind, not on her, but on him because she said it via text, mm. but it was also at a really, I mean, there wasn't a non tumultuous time in our relationship, but it was also at a really tumultuous time where we were going through a lot. And so I regret being that way. And I wish I had been more accepting of the fact that some people are just comfortable saying that it doesn't matter whether it's to a male, to a female, whatever. Mm. However you identify, it doesn't matter to them. They just love you and they want to express it. Mm. You know, and I think I had to kind of grow up a little bit. Yeah, accept that. And accept that some people are just like that and it doesn't have to be this huge insecurity for me, you know. I mean, that's also a little bit difficult because, you know, when it is two friends and then it's opposite sex and they have partners, these are things you establish in your, you yeah. know, in, in your union with this partner when you first get with them. You have to establish, like, we have a very loving relationship. Yes. It is just platonic, but at the end of the day, we do care for each other. We do love each other. Yeah. Because then it's not a surprise if that ever is said. If you hear, I love you. Right. But even then, like, I think, <clears throat> like you said, you, you felt some way because you felt threatened. Yeah. Right? I totally felt threatened. And that's a hard thing to move past because we we almost associate love exclusively to romantic monogamous relationships. Yes, monogamous yeah. and romantic relationships. Yeah. And so for that reason it just triggers us. And I could see it like sometimes I think like um I said I love you to James on the phone one time in front of people and like when I was on tour with Gabriel and they were like, Oh, is that your husband? And I was like, No, it's my best friend. Like I tell him I love him all the time and they're like, Him? Oh, you tell him you love him? How does your husband feel about that? Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's secure. I don't know what to tell you. Like, mm-hmm. he's a secure person that knows uh, I married him, so I ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. He's fine with it, you know. But people overreact about that all the time just because it is viewed in that way of, like, yeah. it should only be said romantically. And it's like, okay, but I also just kind of love people. Yeah, I mean, I say this because, um, so I wrote a note. I like writing notes. 
um, I wrote a note to a friend mm-hmm. and it was a guy friend and I was just expressing like, I don't know, I just wanted to write them a note. Yeah. Um, and at the end of it, in signing it, I put, I love you and I appreciate you. Yeah. And then I just signed it. Right. That I guess that was the first time I had ever expressed that, which was interesting because I never thought about it. Yeah. Like, I guess because I was writing it, it came out. But when I have to say it, it's different. Well, yeah, it's always a lot different. I'm a lot better in writing, expressing myself than I am actually saying it. Right. And so when um, when he read the note, he like joked because child yeah. was like, <laughs> you said I love you. And I was like, I also said I appreciate you. You know there what I mean? Like another statement that followed that. Yes, it wasn't I appreciate you and I, also I love said, you. I said I love you to my mother. Right. So. <laughs> and so after that, like he then expressed it back as, you know, I, I love you too. Like. Yeah. Definitely. And that was a first in that friendship. But I realized clearly we felt this way towards each other as people. Yeah. But never felt the need to express it. For me, it was easier in writing. Yeah. And so, but yet still hard to express in person. Yeah. Because of the way it's viewed by people. Yes. Because of what you just said yeah. with um, James. If I say it to you in person, it's going to be misconstrued. You may not really understand it in the moment plus hearing somebody say something and reading what they wrote reading what they what they're saying gives you time to process yeah it just gives you time to process what they're saying and go okay give yourself options when you hear it it's almost like your instant gut reaction is did you say you love me right but like when you read it you have time to contemplate and be like well you know she is my home girl like i really love hanging out with her i do love her right like as a friend though well it's always that like does somebody when they say that it's like always sparks some like is this person interested is it romantic yeah like is all of a sudden is one of my closest friends interested in me right like no dude it's just i love you as a person here's the thing i because it makes me think like um you know when they say did they like if somebody passes did they know that they that you love them and the when people like the expression is um oh they knew based off of the things i did they just knew it was unspoken i get it but why can't it be spoken? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like they should know you love them because you actually said it. You expressed yeah. yourself. It's like my mom always, you know, the way she kind of talks about flowers, that she'll be like, don't bring me flowers when I die. Bring them to me while I'm alive. Yeah. And it's because she's just kind of like, I want to enjoy them. Yeah. Don't bring them to me after. I'm not there. Yeah. Like, That's great. Great orchids. Uh, I'm not going to get to enjoy them. But you know what's funny? S- same friend. I feel like, God forbid, this person was no longer around. Is that when I would start expressing that? Yeah. To thin air? Like, oh, I love this person. So it's it's important. Yeah. You know, we've had a couple of major losses in the comedy community this year, and we were just talking about it the other night, about making sure to check up on people, making sure to express mm-hmm. your love for them, because it's it's tough when you wait that long to tell somebody, like, oh, man, I should have valued this person. And now I have no chance to. Right. I have no chance to tell this person what they meant. I have no chance to show this person how much I love them. I lost all my shots because of my own stupid fear yeah. of what people might think. Or because I didn't think that it should be said or yeah. it there wasn't the space for it. But that also tells you what type of 
relationship you have with the person. Yeah, like whether like, friendship... I can't express myself to this person. Well, then is it really a great friendship? Right. Because if, I mean, if they're childish and they're like, oh, we don't say that. Um, okay, maybe you don't. Yeah, but I was actually I trying to say that. I don't know if you got that from my trying to say it right now. Right. And like, I, I feel like it also takes you into a new version of whatever your friendship is. Yeah. Because um, you don't even know, like, what that friend may need in that day. Yeah. And how you having expressed that could really mean something to them because it's, it, I think that we want to feel like, oh, there's someone out there who's in love with me. I think to an extent we all yeah. want that. But also just knowing there's someone out there who loves me, yeah. who cares for me, and it's not somebody built in like a family member. Yeah. And it's not somebody that I'm sleeping with. Yeah. It's just somebody. Who legitimately cares about me with no hidden agenda, no nothing. They yep. just care about me as a person. Yeah. That's super important. But it can't. I don't think it's fair to just assume that they know. Yeah. Let them know. And if they react poorly, then. Then will you cross that bridge when you yeah. get there? Like. Whatever. You can't control somebody's reactions. You yeah. can only control how you process their reactions yeah and i mean tr for me i i haven't had to deal with this but if if said person's reaction would have been immature yeah i probably would have still been like okay well i said it like i said what i had to say yeah you take it how you want to take it like you're being weird about it but that's fine right because that's on you that has something that has more to do with you i noticed that like there's a freedom in being able to express yourself that oh, much. Oh, yeah. You know? To be able to tell somebody that you care about them without right. that fear of, like, what are they going to think? What does right. It doesn't matter. You have a right to respect, to, you know, um, what was I going to say? Uh, share your feelings with that person. Yep. And you have I, every single right to say that. And I think that another thing is um, you get into a new level of uh, trust yeah. and respect with them in your friendship or whatever your relationship is with them because... Now you've expressed something that I think as human beings we all need. Oh, yeah. And we all want. Yeah, and we need a, all you need is love. It's true. I feel like that's super important to, to recognize that like, wow, me saying this. Because um, we, we're so quick to want to ask things of each other, mm -hmm. right? Ask like understand how I do this or understand yeah. why I'm like this or respect this. But if we are not showing that our friendship is growing, that was not meant to run. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then how can we expect that everything else would develop? Yeah. You know, it's, it's the rules to relationships um, emotionally, like and romantically are not very different than in friendships. There's just sex and like commitment. That's yeah. different. But to a degree, Respect has to be the same level. Care and has to be the same level. And that's where I feel level. like a lot of relationships fail. Right. Because you're respect, not friends. Respect goes out the window. Exactly. Because you're not friends. It's like, I only have to respect my friends. Right. I don't have to respect your things or your time or anything else mm -hmm. because you're my partner. Yeah. As it, Which is ridiculous. No, it's it's ownership. It's going. Yeah. It's it's the way it's the way some of us treat ourselves. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't have to respect myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. We all need love, guys. Speaking of love. <laughs> this is Delilah. Speaking of love. Don't don't come after Delilah, yo. She's gonna she's gonna sue us. I know, right? This is Delilah. She is a New York uh, we're legend. We're gonna move on to our dear Gina. Uh, dear Gina. <laughs> dear Gina. Thank you. Welcome to our dear Gina segment. Uh, I'm Gina Brion and uh 
my lovely co-host uh Catherine g mendoza is here uh we're gonna get into this dear gina guys dear gina i can't stand my fiance's friends uh-oh i love him but his friends are the worst they're obnoxious and i can't stand being around them but he loves them what do i do break up with them no i'm kidding i'm kidding don't do that don't break up with them um I'm sure you guys have already had a conversation about this. He's your fiance. I'm sure you have told him how you feel about his friends. If you have not, girl, it's time to speak up. You guys have to sit down and have a conversation about what you're feeling about his friends. You never know. He might feel the same way, but feel an obligation to them because they've been friends forever. He might be like, yeah, I know Paul's obnoxious, but when I got drunk in college that one time and I got alcohol poisoning, he was the one that drove me to the hospital. Paul Paul might be a good person. Paul might be a good person. So give him a shot. Um, Also, are you taking the time to really try to get to know them? Mm. You know, or are you writing them off because they're doing things that you don't like? Uh, this could be partially, you know, you not wanting to get to know them because they just rub you the wrong way. Maybe try to get to know them a little better, have more conversations with them. I know it's difficult when you can't stand somebody, but if you are in love with someone and those people mean a lot to him, then it's important that you make an effort just out of the love for your partner. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think, yeah, like she said, you should, be very honest with them about it if you haven't already been honest with them um try to give them a chance maybe uh do it in a safer space for you so for some people like maybe they're obnoxious in a in a social setting like a bar but maybe it's a little different when you're at home and you invite them over and you're actually hosting them you know what i mean because i feel like what happens with people who come over Mm -hmm. for instance um if i if this were me and i had my fiance and i invited their friends there has to be a level of respect in our house. Yeah. Right. This is so our house. Right. So you actually are in the position of power there and you can control a few uh, like a few things mm-hmm. in that setting. You can control what you're offering. So if you're offering food or blah, 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 if you're playing games, if there's a lot of drinking or not, if that's something you want, because you really want to like watch a film, play a game. You have that night planned. Another thing is. If it's still really obnoxious, you could just go to your room and like be like, I'll see you later. I have a migraine. Yeah. That's my I'm favorite out. excuse. Now that I I feel like um when I think of the way guys react to this. So I don't know if this was a girl or a guy, but I am assuming a girl. Mm-hmm. I think that guys It was a girl. I, I think that guys um they give your friends a shot. But then once they've already come to their conclusion, if they're, you know, if they're not like a complete douchebag, then they don't judge you based off of the group you're with. Yeah. They still care for you individually. And I feel like what they do then is as long as you don't stand in their way to chill with those people, they're just like, all right. I mean, you know, like your girls can be a little much, but yeah. so I can tolerate them. I'll, I'll stop by. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop by, I'll say what's up, and then I'm leaving. Yes, exactly. Maybe something like that. Because then the friends either get into the whole, like, yeah, I don't think she likes us, but hopefully they won't make it a big deal. Yeah. Or they might extend an extra, like, yeah, I, I you know, you're about to marry her. Let's, yeah. let's try to do this mutually. Yeah, also you talk to your fiancé about him talking to them. Yeah. And being like, Which is no, hard, you though, guys. Because like, guys don't know how to express. They'd be like, dude. She don't like you. Yeah. She don't really like when you do that. Yeah. She, she My be, girl don't like that. Yeah. 
Maybe just talking to him and getting him to talk to his friends and he knows how to communicate with them so he can be like, hey, when you guys come over, don't be so damn loud. Yeah, I think... Don't knock stuff off the shelves by accident and then not own it. Like, whatever they're doing that's obnoxious behavior, like, if he can address it. I think what you said before about, like, um, so, for instance, if they have a friend and having to understand where those friendships are made. So, like, if those mm-hmm. are childhood friends, are they college friends, are they work friends, whatever the bond that kept them together. Here's the first thing. Your, your fiancé, I'm going to assume you don't find him obnoxious or he wouldn't be your fiancé. Yeah. But... Um, he wouldn't be your Beyonce. He wouldn't um, be your Beyonce, the Beyonce to your Jay-Z. Right. But um, there is probably a part of him that relates to them. Yeah, there and was probably so, a part of him that was like that at some point. Right. Which, or was attracted to a group of guys like that because he yearned for that kind for of attitude. Reason. Yeah. There's a reason for this. <clears throat> also coming to terms and understanding that. And here's why I say that. Because... I don't know how long you guys have been together, but if you haven't had this conversation with him, likelihood is you also haven't seen that part of him. Yeah. And that's, a that's whole your fiance. Right. And that's yeah. your fiance. You're about to commit to that. Yeah. These are things that should be established. These are things that should be established and should be discussed. Yep. And ex- and expressed or, or exposed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, is this who you can be? Because maybe. Um, I don't need to be with you then. Right, because maybe I don't really know. Like, I, I is this a fear that like maybe your fiance is obnoxious when you're not around? Yeah, that you like eventually what situations like this lead to is people going, I don't want you hanging out with them. You yep. can't hang out with them, and there is a problem because you shouldn't be controlling people. Exactly. But right now you already have the red flags of what you're not feeling, so either try to mend that, understand that, or bounce or from pick that. it, pick it, bounce. Yep. Um, I hope that we have helped with your problem. Um, Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram. It is at Catherine G. Mendoza. That is at K A T H E R I N E G. M E N D O Z A. And on Twitter, it is at Kathy Grace24. That is at K A T H I E G R A C. G R A C? Yeah. Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> Let's do that over. <laughs> it is at K A T H I E G R A C 2 4. I can't spell my Twitter without closing my eyes. Oh. Because I have to see it in my head. I get it. I don't know why. Because you're crazy. No, it's because I've had Twitter since 2009, but I didn't start using it until five months ago. Well, makes sense. Yeah. Then that you need to close your eyes and concentrate before you say your Twitter name. Yep. I uh, I know you guys know where to find me. I'm on the Gram Fam at G Brion. Uh, you can also check out my special, uh, my HBO special, Easily Offended, out on all of HBO's streaming platforms, and the website GinaBrion.net or .com because ballin'. Uh, check those out to see if I'm coming to a city near a year. Also. Uh, I like to end the show on some advice that my mom gave to me and still gives to me to this day about life. When life throws too much at you, take it one catastrophe at a time, people. All right, until next time, deuces. Do it like that. Yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back. Yeah. Looks damn good, but really she tight bad. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep, I call him a nightcap. Born killer, you a born killer. Mm. Go on, get him. Go on, go on, get him. Mm.